0: I have a very generous and supportive partner who lets me go do this, and like you know, we we work it out, right? Like I like I, I babe, I want to be at the gym seven days a week. How about four? Okay, four four is a good reasonable thing. I want to train. I want to train Saturday and Sunday. How about we train one day a weekend? That way, the whole weekend isn't completely built around your you know amateur hobby.
1: Welcome everyone to another episode of Elvis Type Podcast. Your host, Travis. Today I have a great guest in Blake Case Meyer from Blake of Today on Instagram, TikTok, and everything like that. He is a jiu-jitsu brown belt down in Los Angeles, California. Been training for about 10 years. Is a father. He is a jiu-jitsu practitioner, a writer, freelance copywriter. And if you guys have never checked out his his content online, it's great. It, he talks. He tells stories on the internet, and then once a week he does a this weekend fatherhood. If you guys recognize that, and I I wanted to talk to him because recently I have been wanting to make more content uh, with my struggles as a parent and jujitsu practitioner and how I've been overcoming those and ways to help parents more that do jujitsu because I've realized at home a lot of you guys are parents and jujitsu practitioners and uh, I want to I want to be able to help you in any way I can. And today's conversation, we definitely dive a lot into jiu-jitsu, Blake competing in jujitsu, jitsu him as a parent, lessons learned from cycling, um what it's like to compete and just just a wealth of knowledge and hopefully you guys enjoy it i had a blast conversation with him a lot of laughs he's a super funny guy so let me know what you guys think down in the comments below and if you make it all the way to the end blake and i joke about it a little bit so make sure that you guys uh let us know if you make it all the way to the deep end uh thank you guys so much for listening and watching remember go give us a five-star review everywhere join L Bros over on facebook the facebook community is almost 100 people it's pretty good and then uh, make sure you guys check out Elbowstight.com if you guys want merch. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you guys so much. We'll catch you later. Peace. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, Blake, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, we kind of already just small talked a little bit. It sounds like you're having a, a super phenomenal busy day, you know, fatherhood at its finest. Uh, h- how you doing?
0: Good. Uh, busy morning. Uh, Sundays we have an 8 a.m. masters only open mat at my Ooh. gym, um, which is pretty sick. And so I I snuck out of the house this morning and got got some training in, and then just immediately into the park and into the breakfast lunch. It's like almost 100 degrees here by 10 a.m. and so brought out the kiddie pool and I was like blowing up the kiddie pool and I have a three and a half year old who like doesn't I mean just understanding like how how time works and as I'm sitting there like pumping it up he like doesn't understand why it's not full yet um and so by the time we finally got the kiddie pool together he was so over it (laughs) so he's excited when it when it started and it's just like he's like ah this fucking thing still okay cool all right yeah I'm going to go play
1: with my phone. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, that, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah my, my toddler, he's he's like two and a half. He'll be three, or he's almost three. He'll be three in October, like I mentioned. And, dude, he's the same way, bro. It's like he sees me pull out the air fryer and put chicken nuggets in it, and he's like, Mm-mm, Daddy, come on, give them to me. I'm like, dude, it's frozen. So yeah. I had to like give him one just to show him, like, they're not ready to eat. And he's like, Daddy, cold. I was like, yeah, I know it's cold. I've got to put it in the air fryer. <laughs> Sense of time is like nothing. It's you. like <laughs> – Yeah. So – uh, but hey, so for people that don't know who you are at home, um, your your Instagram, TikTok has been absolutely blowing up lately. In the short amount of time that I followed you, I think I started following you, had maybe twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 people following you. And then all of a sudden it was like 150,000 people following you on Instagram. Uh, so for people that don't know who you are, uh, you want to just give us a little bit of background of who you are, how you got into your sure. jitsu yeah, and everything yeah. like that?
0: Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a freelance copywriter and creative director. Um, I actually used to run my own agency. I've worked in house, uh, in that profession for a long time. Um, and about a year and a half ago, uh, I started telling stories, uh, with my phone on the internet. Um, I, you know, full disclosure, I've been, I've been wanting the, the internet to, to notice me probably since there has been an internet and as such, like I've been creating content, uh, to those ends. Um, some of it good, the, a lot of it is terrible and the vast majority of it thankfully has gone unnoticed. Um, and in the, the, you know, the more recent future or uh, past, um, some of this stuff just really started resonating with people and took off. And, um, you know, I've been very fortunate to, uh, have only had people's attention spans, when the quality of the stuff that I've been making I think is to the to a degree that I am not too humiliated to put it out in the world. So that feels good. I'm also a podcaster. Um, unfortunately, uh, in 2018, my mom passed away, uh, from a brief but brutal fight with lung cancer and I created a podcast called good grief. Um, that was a nine episode project that wrapped at the end of 2019. That just kind of, uh, talked about my process of, of, um, Morning and loss, and uh, it's a, it's remarkable. It still gets thousands of downloads a month um, when people find it. Uh, so yeah, it's just a, an emotional sort of geography of what you experience when you lose a loved one. I think I was in my early or my mid thirties when it happened, and I had never really been confronted with. Uh, loss in my own mortality on that scale. And I thought there may be a lot of other people out there who experienced something similar. And anyways, it's kind of like the podcast that I wish I would have had when that happened. Um, but you know, I, it's, uh, yeah. And then, you know, jujitsu, uh, I'm, uh, stripes are silly. I'm a three stripe Brown belt. Um, I've been training for about 10 years. Um, my, my athletic background is actually in cycling. So I started racing mm. bikes in my mid twenties. Um, I actually raced, uh, the cal cycling team and the cal triathlon team um and so i was was a pretty serious cyclist for many years and um started doing jujitsu because it's so much safer (laughs) honestly and so uh yeah that's that's kind of my i guess my background oh yeah so and if you if you don't know I, i make stories i tell them on the internet uh i've got a Substack in which i you know publish a story a week and i also have another podcast sorry it's like
1: I'm you're good bro go really go go ahead go ahead the
0: intro here uh <laughs> called called <laughs> called grappling with fatherhood that i just launched um, literally like last week and it is me and um another uh, a jiu-jitsu uh black belt named Uday malhotra talking about fatherhood um grappling and the lessons learned in both and where they
1: sometimes intersect man no that's, a great that's intro my lesson. resume did i get the job <laughs> No, you get, you're good, man. I could uh I mean, that's pretty right. much wraps it up, guys. Thank you guys for listening to No, <laughs> no awesome. there's a, there's a lot there um So, how did you initially get into jujitsu 10 years ago? Was it something you were kind of always interested in or So, yeah, I mean
0: that's a good question travis my, my story is pretty of, of all the stories i tell my jiu-jitsu story is probably the most boring so i think like most people i uh who are our age right which is actually a lot of people who train jiu-jitsu um yeah it, i you know 93 um i'm watching you know ufc 1 ufc 2 ufc 3 with my uncles and they're all Taekwondo guys, right? And they've been going to masteries Taekwondo in in the valley, and they've been competing in Taekwondo and all of this stuff. And then, you know, Hoist Gracie goes in and fucking destroys people. And the next day, those dudes signed up for Jujitsu, right? And so I would watch the VHS tapes with my uncles and just be like, "God, this Jujitsu shit is so cool." And then as I went on, you know, throughout my life, like I I, I was been a UFC fan, and you know, Jujitsu at the time has was the was the game changer, the dominant force in the sport. Right. Um, you know, I, I think in my, my mid twenties, like it was Anderson Silva's era, like all these kind of like absolute phenoms of, you know, uh, of jujitsu, you know? So anyways, uh, I was at work, I was working in in a corporate job. I was the, the head of content, or I was a copywriter actually at a fitness company in San Francisco. And Groupon came across the desk for jujitsu, Jitsu, uh, a hundred bucks for like a month and you get a free key when you sign up. And I went with a bunch of friends and who I worked with and it was the worst situation to sign up for. The gym was amazing. Uh, it's a great gym. Uh, there it's called Bay Jiu Jitsu in um, San Francisco. It's from this guy, Stefan. He, he has a great environment, great gym. I went with like four dudes at the same time who really just wanted to beat the piss out of each other. And so my first month of jujitsu was just miserable. I was like, God, like I didn't even have like the exposure to other students. You know, I might get to drill with a brown belt or something. But like the idea, like I was like, guys, we could have just fucking saved a hundred bucks and been doing this in, the, in like, somebody's <laughs> garage, you know, like and so after my month was up, I was like, I'm good. Like I did a thing. It's cool. And then I had a friend who's a purple belt Um, a couple months later who I worked with and he kind of saw all this go down. He's like, hey, man, like, I think you might actually like this. I just think you, like, had a bad experience. And I was like, okay, dude. And he's like, bring your gi to work. And so I brought my gi to work, and I had it at my desk for, like, probably, like, two weeks. And I was like, and finally, like, one day, I just kind of, like, looked at it, and I was like, okay, bro, like, let's go today. And he took me up the hill to this school uh, called Homolo Mello. uh, BJJ Homolo is a a black belt under um, Vinny Aida, uh, Gracie Gracie Tijuca or sorry, Gracie Humida. Um And I walked right in and Homelo said, make yourself at home and I did just that for the next eight years or so. Uh, and I, I I now train under Alberto Crane because my family had to move to LA. so um, yeah, I train at Legacy Jiu Jitsu here, but that's kind of like my story. Uh, again, not not super interesting unfortunately, um, but that's that's how I got to where I am.
1: Gentlemen first impressions matter and if you're not taking care of your skin that's going to be the first thing someone notices and instantly thinks you're way older than you are or you don't care about your appearance show them you do and make a great first impression with caldera lab caldera lab reached out to me to promote their products and i gave it a month try before even bringing it on the podcast and as someone that has had adult set on acne and growing up my skin has always been a problem with me it was something that i was a little bit hesitant about but i I am super excited that I've started to work with them. Their stuff is phenomenal. I use it twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening and my face has never felt better in jujitsu we often make the joke that <laughs> jujitsu adds lots of years onto your life and makes you look way older than you really are well with caldera lab you can stop that and you can make yourself look your age again whether you're an older practitioner or a younger practitioner caldera lab has something for you and their products are great caldera lab knows the skincare world is heavily female driven and has long been the wild west for men that's why they're making the solution simple the regimen includes the Three products the clean slate, the base layer, and the good. The clean slate starts and ends every day. The base layer is a daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. The good is a multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as help reduce visible wrinkles and fine lines. And just for our audience, off with code ELBOWSTIGHT at calderalab.com and make unforgettable first impressions that lean to the charming words, you look younger. Once again, that's 20% off at calderalab.com using code ELBOWSTIGHT or click the link down in the description below and use code ELBOWSTIGHT for 20% off. Thank you, Caldera Lab, for sponsoring this episode. No, I think you brought up a good point in your story too. Um, I talked to Steve Kwan, who's BJJ Mental Models, and um one thing he brought up that you mentioned in yours too is a lot of people don't even get their first stripe because they have an experience like you mentioned where it's like just like they're they think it's not for them they have a terrible experience and you know they don't know any better that it's that it's not like that you know i mean they just happen to walk into the wrong school or like go with some people that they probably shouldn't have if they wanted the right experience right but i think it's cool that you you didn't let that hold you back from trying it again. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot yeah. of people could have a better experience in the beginning of their journey if they don't give up on that first try and then maybe just try a different school or something like that. Or, you know, I think that's a, a very important lesson learned because a lot of people don't get that.
0: Yeah. I mean, th- there's a few things, right? Like, the friction of going to it at all in the first place, like, once you've overcome that friction um, oh, and you have a bad experience, you're like, what? Why did I just? why did I just do something that was so challenging to walk into that place to just have a terrible experience? And like, again, it's not against Stefan or Bay Jitsu. He runs a great school. He actually has a, a couple of schools across the Bay area. It was just the vibe that I came in with. Um, but the second is like, kind of like once you've already gotten your feet wet, you realize like one thing with cycling is that like you're, your first race is usually a total shit show. Um, you have all these ideas in your head for how it's going to play out. And then, you know, you, you experience your adrenaline and you kind of get in the mix and you realize like within five minutes of the race, like you're totally dropped because of how uncomfortable you are. And so you don't get good at racing until you race a lot. And it doesn't matter what kind of fitness you bring to the table. Um, it's very similar to competing, right? Like in mm-hmm. jujitsu, like uh, com- competing is its own skill in and of itself. Let, let alone like the jujitsu that you do while you're competing, you know, the prep and the mental work and, uh, just even like, you know, what you eat and how you go to the bathroom the day of and all that stuff is like, that's a whole skill set that you have to learn. So your first couple tournaments are probably not going to go great, but, uh, the more you compete, the better you get at competing. So anyways, similar, similar, uh, lessons, I suppose.
1: Yeah, no, I, it, I, I agree. I competed for my first time. I, I talk about it just about every episode since going since competing for the first time, but that's Fuck my biggest yeah, takeaway man. is get your is, money's worth, dude. Get your money's worth. <laughs> people are like Jesus, yeah, gave you have about fucking and a metal, but you could
0: only wear those so many days a week, you know. You could tell that story every time you get on the mat.
1: That's right. That's right. And uh, uh but you know, that was the biggest eye opener for me was cuz people were like, "Oh, it's just jiu-jitsu. It's just jujitsu. It is not it is a completely different animal when it comes to your jiu jitsu game and ever since then i'm like i'm like i got to compete one more at least one more time and that's how everyone keeps competing right as i just want to do it one more time because i feel like i didn't give myself the proper work up to the competition because in my head i was like i'm just gonna do jujitsu i'm just gonna jujitsu and then i got there and i was like a freaking fish out of water bro like yeah. it was like, but i'm a blue belt i'm a three-stripe blue belt and i've been doing jujitsu for five over five years and that was the first time i competed so how long did you do your first competition uh when you started jujitsu uh very quickly really? <laughs>
0: embarrassingly soon i was that i was that white belt that was like like fucking put me in there bro uh because i'm <laughs> i and like you know and and what you learn as you compete, like, as you compete more, more, or if you choose to compete more is that, um, competition actually holds you back in some ways, technically, uh, at lower, at a lower belt level. Um, uh, because you, for me, like I developed an A game. And so when I was competing, right, I was competing like six, seven times a year. I was just working on my A game because mm. if I can dictate the match, if I can bring the match into my game, um, and then I'm talking blue purple belt, right? Like this isn't like, this isn't a high level jujitsu, Uh, But if I can bring the 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 match into my game, then I don't have to work on that other stuff. And I know that once you come into my world, like this is gonna go a certain direction, straight up. Pull, pull the half guard, waiter sweep, pass, fucking stall. Five points, it's me. You know what I mean? And I like did it again and again and again. (laughs) And like, you know, like that. And that was like, and and so I would do it in the gym. I would just be like, cool. Like I'm I'm competing in two weeks. Like let's play the game. Let's play the game. And then you come. And then after you'd compete, you have that like okay, I'm going to take a week easy. And then you start ramping up for the next competition and you don't take risks because you're like, those risks aren't going to serve me, right? So you get really good at that one thing that you win at and you neglect all these other parts of your game.
1: That is, so. I have never heard anyone say that. Tell you the truth. Yeah. People always talk about the pros of jiu-jitsu and how, or competing in jiu-jitsu and how, you know, you develop faster and, you know, you get all this exposure to people and then, you know, like real-time Jiu Jitsu technique and whatnot. But I love that you mentioned that because I honestly didn't even think about that until until just now. Like it is so true. If you compete a lot and you have an A game, like you mentioned, then why would you not want to just always do your A game? You know, you, yeah. you're like, I'm not gonna risk it for a biscuit, you know what I'm saying? Like in the middle of in the middle of class or something like that. And, you know, it's at the end of the day, is it only a it is only like you mentioned, a five, a five dollar medal and a t shirt, but um I think jiu Jitsu, the jujitsu community holds competing at such a high standard. you know it's kind of like on a pedestal. like if you do good in competition, that means you are a good practitioner. And so if you're if you take the risks in the mat or on the mats or in the training room and then you can kind of be like, people can be like, oh man, well, how does he always win I, I just I just tapped him in class and you know yeah. they, there can be this whole dichotomy in, inside your own head of like, how am I supposed to win this weekend when I just got my butt kicked in class because I'm trying something new? Did you ever come across that? Or because you you step with your A game the whole time, you never have to worry about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, all the time. I get murked. I get murked in class by guys who I'm like, you know, I know that I'm better at or whatever because I'm like, oh, he de- he decided to pass on my left side. Damn. Nobody ever passes on the left side. You know what I mean? It's like, my
1: non-jujitsu side, bro. Don't do yeah, it. Yeah, like like, you know, uh, if I could just turn left,
0: you know? And it's and like, and so like stuff so like that would happen all the time uh, to some level. Um, and I, you know, I, I learned, thankfully, to really start focusing on other other parts of my game. Um, because that's really important. And and and, you know, it, it continues to evolve. It's particularly like, I think, you know, the deeper you get, right? Like, there are two different types of black belts. There are black belts that are really fucking good at two things and they just they they every path leads to those two things and they set up all of their jujitsu so that hey we're gonna do this or we're gonna do this and either way you're gonna fucking lose right yeah or there are black belts that are like hey anywhere we go I'm gonna win and so you know like they they're open to taking you where it goes they're open to all getting past that's okay like I'm not worried about getting past because I know what happens once I get here. You know, I've been passed a million times. I've been passed more times than you've even tried to pass somebody. And so, like they, they uh, that's so. Anyways, so there's just two different styles, I think, of of learning jujitsu um, and of of getting really, really good at jujitsu. Right, like the famous Bruce Lee saying, "I don't fear a man who knows a thousand kicks I, or who's done a thousand kicks. I fear a man who's done one kick a thousand times."
1: Yeah, and in jujitsu, that definitely resonates quite a bit too or with any martial art really. Um and that's one thing that I always fear is when I'm I'm rolling, I kind of feel like I'm always going to what works for me as a as a bigger guy. I'm five eight, you know, 210 pounds and pretty, pretty solid. Um and so I'm like, I'm like, all right, well I can Travis, just- I
0: don't I don't want to interrupt you, but I wanna I want to mention one thing. Yes sir. Go right ahead. Like we commend little guys who are flexible. We commend long guys who are lanky right and we make big guys feel shitty yeah right your size is an attribute yeah right if you were a small flexible guy i would never say hey man could you lay off on the flexibility yeah if you were a long lanky guy i would ever say hey cut it out with the triangles and the arm bars right (laughs) right but with with a big guy everybody's like oh bro he used his he used his natural attributes to play the game that is supposed to favor your natural attributes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, it's just such a weird thing that we do in the sport. Like, again, like, you know, if you, if you're, if you're crushing 115 pound, like female, like uh white belt, yeah, then you're a dick. But like <laughs> if you're, if you're rolling with somebody and like, you're like, Hey, I'm passing and I use my size to help pass or like, I make it uncomfortable for you to be on top of me because I, it's easier for me to get on my side. Like those are, I think, you know, you gotta respect the fact that those are your attributes. But anyways, sorry, go ahead. No, dude. no,
1: you're good. And, and the, I and I think when I first started Jiu-Jitsu, I gained a little bit of weight since, you know, I started jujitsu jitsu 2018 uh, and then, you know, COVID happened. Mm-hmm. I put on some weight. Haven't really dropped it yet because it's not a priority to me. I'm still very athletic and and whatnot. Uh, but even when I first started, you know, it was it it it, it kind of sucked because I was coming out of like the strongest I've ever been. I was at like a competitive CrossFitter. Well, not competitive. I competed in CrossFitting. I competed in weightlifting, and so I was like super strong. It's like 170, 175 pounds. I could squat like almost 400 pounds. I could like front squat. You know. 345 pounds and clean and jerk all this weight and whatnot so but when it came to jujitsu uh two things happened i realized that strength didn't matter until i started getting more familiar with jujitsu and then i was able to uh, apply my strength during technique but i always got told like you're you're using too much strength you're using too much strength and you know, uh, you're, you're being too, you're going too hard or something like that. And at first it honestly really did get to me because like, man, people keep saying that people keep saying that. And then, you know, it, it kind of was like, well, how do I stop it? You know what I mean? And I listened to, uh, a, another, uh, group of black belts and they were talking about how, when it comes to saying, you're going too hard, you're using too much strength. Uh, a lot of times it's just a lack of communication and what they're actually trying to say and it's to your point this is all to bring it back around to your point your strength is a skill to get strong is a skill if if strength wasn't a skill or a part of your skill everyone then it wouldn't matter but at the highest level or when you when skill matches skill strength is going to you know come out ahead right and yeah. so most of the time when people are saying hey don't you use too much strength it's more of a place of you're kind of being unsafe with it you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like it's bad that you're using strength, but you're kind of being unsafe with it to your partner or yourself. And I don't think that gets talked about enough. You know, I think a lot of people want to complain about size, but it's because they don't know how to handle it or they feel like it's just a, such a dominating force when it comes to the game that they're like, I just don't, like, it was more of a crank, bro. You know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like it's kind of like one of those, that it's more of a crank, you know? Well, when you deal- which is
0: like, again, like, and, and, and you make a great point. And I think that, like, the idea is that uh, you can be strong anywhere. Like you came here to learn j- how to do jujitsu, and so like that's that's the thing that I tell people, right? Like that was the same lesson that I learned in. Like, hey, dude, we can beat the shit out of each other in the garage. Like, I came here to learn how to do this martial art. Like, yeah. and that's the same thing with strength, right? Like, you're like, hey, bro, like when your strength is limiting your ability to actually that's learn it, yeah. and apply the technique, and and also like respond to like the other thing that I tell people, particularly when rolling with smaller students, uh, is that like, hey. Uh you're wasting both people's time. Like if you're just, if you're just using strength against that smaller, that smaller person, like you're both, you're a not learning, because that person person's probably way more technically sound because they have to be, right? Because they have developed uh a jujitsu that works for a small person, which is really technical. And you can, as a bigger person when rolling with them, it's a huge opportunity for you to start to really test your technique instead of just trying to muscle your way through everything because they're they're probably going to be able to teach you a lot just by 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 taking bringing your strength down and trying to, you know, match their level of technical ability.
1: Yeah, and that's where coming in that's where like becoming a being a good partner and when you're drilling with someone or rolling with someone on on the mats is is such a key thing. You know, no one wants to roll with that person that is you know doesn't let someone work if they're a little bit of a lower belt and i'm not saying like let let them always tap you or something like that but you know at the end of the day people people who want to come to jiu-jitsu to try jiu-jitsu and to do their jiu-jitsu and if someone rolls if you roll with someone and they're just always smashing you and they're like well why am i going to roll with that person anymore like it's just not even fun to me like it's like but it, you know there's also there's good and bad there when you roll with lower belts how do you, how do you handle that
0: uh, it, it depends. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not like a, a phenom. Like, I think I'm a pretty good Brown belt, but like, and like, I'm a, I'm a competitor. Like I I'm on the podium every time I compete. So like, like, let that be the judge. Let my, let my actions be the judge of like my skill. So like I said, I'm, I'm, I don't know how, how good I am, but uh, when I roll with lower belts, I mean, it depends on who I roll with. Uh, I take every, every, every opportunity, but, you know, I had a, a guy who's a white belt on, Friday, Thursday, who, uh, had been training like two months and I'm like, okay, cool. Like he, uh, I, I say, Hey, whatever his name is, you know, call him John. Hey John, what are you working on today? And John says, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and I say, okay, cool. What do you know how to do? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, cool. What do you know how to do from the top in this position? I know this pass. Okay, cool. Let's do that pass. And then I give him, Uh, 20% resistance and we work around from, and I let him, I let him hit the pass clean once. And I'm like, cool, let's do it again. And then I give him a little bit of resistance and then I sweep his ass. (laughs) And then I let, you know what I mean? And like, I let him feel that like, and so what happens to me is I have an opportunity to relearn whatever that pass is because I'm seeing what John's doing wrong. Right. And so I'm, I'm not wasting the role. I'm getting all this technical knowledge by being able to explain he, who, he, who teaches, learns twice. Right. And at the same time, he's getting something out of it and you know i'll give you a, a an example of how this plays out on a bigger scale i was doing this with a guy every sunday morning every sunday morning we used to have this uh, every sunday afternoon we had this um open mat and uh it was we called it an interval class because it gets it, it's the kind of an intense class almost like a comp style uh open mat and the first round i would pull the same white belt this guy gus gus is like probably your size bigger dude and i'd Gus, what are you working on this week? Oh, I, I don't know. I've been, I've been getting stuck in cl- close guard a lot. I'm like, cool. Spend my first six-minute round with Gus every week, every week, every week. Uh, a couple weeks pass, a couple months pass, and um, – I mentioned to Gus, oh yeah, like my, my wife's pregnant, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, Oh, she's pregnant. Where, where is she uh going to the doctor? You know, like, oh, he's got a bunch of kids. I figure he's whatever. And I'm like, oh, we're going to this hospital over here. And he's like, Oh, cool. When is she due? And I'm like, oh, you know, we're due February uh, whatever 2023. And he's like, Okay, cool. I'm the head OBGYN at that hospital. Uh, when wow. you're on your way to that hospital, send me a text and I will make sure you have everything you need and that you're taken care of. And sure enough, we delivered and Gus was in our recovery room helping us out and making sure that we got our care got expedited and we got out of the hospital fucking blowing Gus up right now. Uh, (laughs) But you know, like, like that. And like, so that's, that's the thing, right? Like uh, you take the time with the white belt and like, there is a technical piece that's going to, you know, you're both going to benefit. And then there is a broader social piece that is the reason why we keep coming back to jujitsu, right? Which is why the, all, that's the the magic spooky stuff that like, you know, why we fucking say o's and like, you know, keep <laughs> going even when our knees are blown out. Right. So like that that part of the community is like really strong. So anyways, that's I just like that story in terms of like that's what I do when I roll lower belts, you know, because not that I did that in order to get help with the hospital, right. but kindness is is reciprocal.
1: Yeah, I could I completely agree. Um, you mentioned in there that, you know, you used to be or you compete quite a bit. And when it comes to, like, fatherhood, having kids, you know, your priorities, whether you like it or not, have to change at least a little bit, right? How did you take, you know, not being a father, being a competitor, now having two kids and still wanting to be a competitor? How have you made that that transition to making sure both cups are being filled as much as you can?
0: Yeah, well, first off, it took three years
1: off. <laughs> oh really? So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I had my son and I was when before we had my son, I competed when my wife was 40 weeks pregnant with my first wow. son.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and uh then uh it got bronze. It wasn't, you know, it was it was sort of worth it, but you know <laughs> Uh, had I known it was going to be my last tournament for three years, more than three years, almost three and a half years, I would have been like, yeah, I think I would have maybe not tapped to that toehold, you know, (laughs) Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, it's hard. It's hard. And what's great about having kids is that um, I think what people who don't have kids or what I did when I didn't have kids that I, I dealt with is this feeling that like you could always be doing more. You're like, oh, man, I could always be doing more. I could be eating a little bit cleaner. I could be sleeping a little bit better. I could be at the gym another day a week. I can be doing my strength training. I do. You got kids. You know, you fucking cannot. Bro. Yeah. You can do as much as you can. And that's it. And when you show up day of what you get's what you get. And like, that's it, you know, and like that, that's a different. Um, you just try and be as good as you can with what you have. And what you find out is that you're pretty fucking good. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the weird thing is that you find out you're like, oh, wait, maybe all of this other stuff that I was doing was just added stress. Maybe all these incremental gains for my amateur Masters 2 competition was just freaking me out because what was so cool about my my first comps back as, as a dad is that I didn't have any of those crazy nights where I woke up in the middle of the night, replaying old matches in my head. Right. I didn't have any of those. Like that was like that terrible feeling in my gut until I got to the tournament and I'm in the bullpen. Well, nothing you can do now. I just got to fight, you know, like it's on. And so like, because like I didn't have the mental bandwidth to do that. I got a job. I got, you know, I have these, these, these little humans that are relying on me. I have a wife that wants to have a relationship with me. And yeah. so for, in some ways, like I think having kids made me a much better, I say this all the time. The kids are an incredible force function for decision making because um, you, right now, if you don't have kids, you think there's all this stuff that you're doing in your life that's super important and you're so busy and it's like it's crazy. And once you have kids, oh man, you get so good at that list gets prioritized very quickly. And what actually needs to get done, what's really important, gets done. And all that other shit isn't important, doesn't get done. Right. And so I don't know. That's that for me, like that's how I did it. I train. Four days a week, get at least twenty rounds in every week. And every time I'm there, I'm there to work. I'm there to get better, and that's it. I do my fucking warmups. I like, you know, like I, I, I talk about I, the things that I learn. You know, I, I, somebody taps me. I ask them, "What? Well, how did you tap me?" There's something I need to learn. I need to pick up. I pay attention to the technique that's being taught in class. I do, I do a round of stand up every time. It's like that hour and a half you have a training. That hour you have a training. That's all you're going to have. So just make the most of it, you know, and and that's it. Like, that's it.
1: What's up, everyone? Summer is upon us. And with hot summer nights come sleepless nights tossing and turning that's why you need mummy pillow with mummy's six chamber design and breathable mesh no longer do you have to worry about that sweaty head getting stuck against your pillow waking up tossing and turning trying to find a cool spot to refresh you enough to go back to sleep mummy pillow has been phenomenal for my night sleeps and i cannot say enough good things about it i go to sleep easier i sleep more soundly and i wake up with no neck pain with mummy's now patented six chamber design you never have to worry about your pillow's fluff going anywhere besides where it needs to. I literally put my head in one section and it stays there the entire time and it feels great. I absolutely love my mummy pillow. I am so thankful that they reached out and gave me an opportunity to support the brand and support the podcast. If you guys haven't tried mummy pillow yet, I promise you you're missing out. Their products are great. Be sure to go to MVMISleep.com and use code ELBOWSTIGHT at checkout for 15% off and free shipping. Once again, that's MVm m i sleep.com and use code elbows tight at checkout and also you have 30 days free return so if it doesn't work out for you then that's okay you can send it back no harm no foul and no risks thank you mummy for sponsoring this episode yeah i think that's one thing that made me or i i need to do better about is i can only really train two times a week mainly because uh you know, my wife and I both like fitness. She likes going to the gym. You know, three kids. My oldest son has football, right? So I just have all these different, all these different hats I have to wear. And yeah. so training two times a week, uh, I definitely my my biggest fault right now is not being intentional enough with my training time. And yeah. and I I recognize that, but it's like really hard um, to ramp up training more when I'm there when I'm like. In my back of my head, I'm always like, "All right, I got to hurry up and get home. I got to hurry up and get home. You know what I mean? Like, I want to stay longer. I want to do more, but I know at the end of the day, like, I have other priorities. You know, I always talk. Yeah. I, I often talk about how, you know, each every th- each hat that you wear in your life is going to have a a different, you know, tier list. Right. My first things, I'm a father. I'm a husband. Podcast or YouTube or whatever, and then you know my my last one is I'm a jujitsu practitioner, right? And so I have to treat my priorities in that sense. Back when I first started jujitsu, practitioner was like definitely way more up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now, like they've all shifted around, and you know, it. Sometimes I feel like I'm cheating myself on the mats, and you know, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to, um, you know, not take it personally with myself you know what i mean like it's like one of those like internal struggles where i'm at the i get my butt kicked on the mat and i'm like man i need to train more i need to be more intentional when i'm here and then when i'm there i'm like kind of gun shy because i know i'm gonna get my butt kicked because (laughs) i'm not taking it as serious as i am you know what i mean like there's this whole like back and forth with myself that is such an internal battle yeah
0: so a few things there that's that's actually it's super relatable and i uh I feel, you know, I, I shouldn't even say that I relate to that while being able to train as much as I do. I have a very generous and supportive partner who lets me go do this. And like, you know, we, we work it out, right? Like I, like I, I babe, I want to be at the gym seven days a week. How about four? Okay. Four, four is a good, reasonable <laughs> I thing. I like it. <laughs> I want to train. I want to train Saturday and Sunday. How about we train one day a weekend? That way the whole weekend isn't completely built around your, you know, amateur hobby. Like, you know, like, like that's kind of like the, the, the compromise uh, but again she's super supportive the other thing is that there are, and you know this uh, cuz i've heard you talk about in other episodes of this podcast uh there are ways to get better at jujitsu that aren't just training jiu jitsu right yep. um and there is there's mindset stuff there's the physical attributes and there is the knowledge um and of course like knowledge requires repetitions in order to be practical but like uh i love guys like uh jordan teaches jiu jitsu yeah my boy uh, yeah. yeah so his his tutorials are for, for from beginners to high level guys he talks concepts and then he talks like practical stuff and he he is a such a good resource i think for people that's like because you sit down with a donnaher dvd it's awesome but yeah. if you if you have the time to watch a donnaher dvd even on like 1.5 speed <laughs> you could go to class Yeah, so i'm, I'm gonna take a nap tell you the truth <laughs> you know like even even like a gordon ryan bjj fanatics video right like you could in the time that you spend doing that you should go fucking train especially most people should just go fucking train because they're they're not at the level at which that knowledge transfer is going to make a serious improvement in their game a guy like jordan who teaches these like six minute like concepts like Hey, here's, here's the basics of a sweep, you remove a base, and you push somebody in that direction. Here are seven different ways that you can do that. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, it's a very easy to digest thing that you can do while you're giving your kid a bottle, you know? So anyways, that and then like, I like your your tier, right? What I learned over the pandemic, was that me, um, yeah, I was like, I said, I was like, super i had just gotten back from masters worlds uh and i lost my second match like i was so hungry dude and like yeah i i and i like i said i competed right like i was i was ramping up and then you know the pandemic happened and my gym shut down and and then i had this stress where i was like dude what what am i like what am i doing if i'm not actually at the gym doing jiu-jitsu and i think about jiu-jitsu less like this sport that you show up for and more like something like skateboarding. Like I started skateboarding when I was a kid. I don't skateboard that often now. I mean, I do now more with my kid, but I'm always a skateboarder. I look at the world through the lens of a skateboarder. I relate to pieces of culture that are skateboarding culture. It's a way of seeing the world. And I think jujitsu is a way of seeing the world once you get into it more than it is an actual martial art. I mean, it is a martial art and there are all these pieces, right? But I know guys who have had their blue belt for six years because they can come to the gym for two months and then they have to get injured or they work moves them around or whatever it is. Those guys, it's a lifestyle. It's a, they're practitioners. It's part of who they are. They get to the gym sometimes more than they don't get to the gym. And it's just like, that's just how it is. Sorry, it's like a long-winded.
1: No, you're good. No, and, and Jordan, first of all, is one of one of my really good friends. Uh, and I'll, I'll be sure to send him this this little timestamp so he. So I was awesome. like, I was like, hey, Blake mentioned you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, no, dude, his his his. Uh, I've sent his Kamora
0: trap, uh, video to so many people. Yeah, because I, I use it. I like people are like, how did you fucking do that? I'm like, dude, this is so simple. Here, watch this guy. You're gonna do it to me next week.
1: Have you watched his? Have you gotten his uh theory course? Have you s- no no dude. I I haven't gone gone deeper with him oh. I just well,
0: I literally I watch every one of his YouTube videos almost but I haven't gone I yeah he's like he has like a master's class kind of thing right
1: yeah dude his his so he he put out his own uh theory course and uh dude I'm I took six pages of notes from it and there was like <laughs> such simple things in there like you mentioned um I was just like, why the hell did no one ever tell me this, or why did I never think of this? You know what I mean? And it's like such a simple thing, like you know the concept of a sweep, like you mentioned. I feel like jujitsu, um, a lot of a, a a lot nowadays, people want to have this, um, like false intelligence when it comes to jujitsu. They wanna they want to use big words and the Japanese words, and it's like it's like, dude, you're like overcomplicating this a lot. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like. There's, it's so refreshing seeing people, uh, that break it down into the points where it's like so consumable, you know what I mean? Like you're like, because we're already having to learn so much, a white belt at the beginning of their journey. Um, I mention this a lot when you first start, when people ask, you know, do you have any questions about this technique? You don't even have a base of information to understand what they're going over. So it's going to be nearly impossible for you to formulate a question that is going to, you know, even help you, you know, there's that whole like growing period where you need to understand the fundamentals and you need to understand how your body moves in relations to another person that's giving you, you know, feedback. And I feel like, you know, in jujitsu nowadays, a lot of people want to have this, like I mentioned, like they just like, they want to seem smarter about jujitsu than they are or that it yeah. needs to be. You know what I mean? Like do you, do you, how much like jujitsu content do you consume outside of like actually the mats? Uh,
0: very little. Yeah. Same. <laughs> same. Uh, I, it used to be a lot more. I just don't have the time bandwidth. I, 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 uh, hopefully you're not, you're not affiliated with them anyway. I canceled my flow membership, uh, probably six months ago. Oh really? Um, yeah. I mean, there was very little that I was actually, I was like, God, how much are you actually using this a month? Yeah. Um, You know, I was was mostly using it to watch my friends' matches when they were competing at IBJJF tournaments, honestly. Um, That said, like, I also am able to train a lot. So I, I, you know, I I do the thing that still happens every once in a while where, you know, I'll get caught or something weird will happen and I'll be like, ah, why didn't that work? (laughs) And then I'll go go down the rabbit hole, you know, and be like, oh, okay, there's this, this, and this. That's why that didn't work. Okay, cool. But, you know, I, I pretty much... You know, the, I, I've I've dedicated so much of my life to this thing that like, um, I and like I just have so much other shit to do that I just don't you know yeah I don't yeah
1: yeah. So how do you how do you in, uh, improve outside of um when you say you know you just can't make it to the mats? What what do you typically do uh to improve? Like what are your resources?
0: Yeah yeah. So um like I said so one uh, if you're a lower belt like I definitely think there's, well, there's a level, right? So you're right with a white belt, With white belt. It's a, it's a whole, uh, you don't know what you don't know thing, right? Like I, I know what I don't know and like why shit isn't working. Right. So I can go look (laughs) for the knowledge, but like a white belt doesn't even know why they don't know or whatever. You know, I, I I, I asked somebody, you know, how do you, how do you pass? And they're like, I I don't know what a guard is, you know, or I don't know, like, am I, aren't I already passing? Whatever. Anyways. So, uh, so then there's like the physical attributes, right? So there's the style of training. Um, I am like super blessed to have spent years and years on a bike and built a really, really solid, uh, athletic base, or at least in a a cardiovascular base, um, that helps a lot. Um, and so there's always like 20 minutes, any, any adult can find 20 minutes throughout the day to move their body with purpose. Um, and so that's, that's going to help a huge fan of yoga for BJJ. Mm. Um, even if it's like if you're if you're if you're working too hard or if you've already done your strength training or if all you have is like 20 minutes it, we we get mixed up in our society where this, the best strength coaches i have like guys who have phds in uh human performance have told me when i'm like hey man i only have 20 minutes what do i do and they're like mobility hmm. and i'm like what and they're like yeah like obesity yeah okay cool uh, like, you know, you want to try and get in some kind of caloric deficit. You want to gain strength, whatever. None of that stuff means anything. If you can't move your body through the appropriate range of motion that you're going to need for the rest of your life, right? Like floss your teeth. <laughs> it's, it's like the same thing. Like it's two thing. I'm it's very hard. bad at,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was, Thanks, I was Blake. terrible
0: at it. I was terrible at it too. I'll tell you, I didn't go to a dentist for 10 years. Cause I was so freaked out and I went to the dentist and they were like, they and it was horrible, and they were like it wasn't horrible. They were really sweet people. They they were very kind to me. Um, and every day since then, I have flossed my teeth. Like I'm like <laughs> so militant about it now. So because I'm like yeah, anyways, but yeah. So it's like yeah, th- anyways. So there's that like. Uh, most people like their problems is are their mind is thinking their body can move in a way that their body doesn't know how to move in yet and so putting those things together moving your body with purpose is super important and i'm not saying like just go in the garage and do a bunch of shrimps like (laughs) which is like i've which i've done a lot yeah but
1: um i do it in bed when i'm like switching sides i just like switch my hips you know
0: (laughs) yeah that's how you know that's how i knew i was a practitioner my old coach when he gave me when he gave me my purple belt, he said, uh, you used to be a bike racer who did jujitsu and now you're a jujitsu practitioner who rides a bike. And, um, and I knew it changed when the way I got out of bed was like, <laughs> I was shrimping out of bed. You know what I mean? That's um, so that's, that's one way. And then, uh, particularly for competition, I'm a huge proponent of having a, a strategy. So I think a lot of guys go into a, to a tournament and they say, oh, we'll just see what happens when we hit the ground, you know, like. I, I'm going to get him to my game and then we'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll submit him or like, you know, I'll do this and do this, I'll do this, or maybe I'll do this or maybe I'll do. This. And it's like the way competition works is uh, particularly at a lower level, is that like two guys spend like 90% of the time doing something that they have 10% experience doing, which is stand up is that yeah. guys who <laughs> have spent 90% of their time on the ground suddenly think they're a, a freaking black belt judoka <laughs> and can like, you know, like hip yeah. throw somebody or or, yeah. they, or they're too scared. They're waiting for the other guy to do the thing and they just fucking yank on each other yeah. and they like take the worst shots you've ever seen, shots that they're embarrassed that they've taken, right? And they spend three minutes doing this thing that's so silly because they've spent six months doing jujitsu. Yeah. right that they don't get, they hardly get any time to do it so in my head whenever i'm telling somebody whenever i'm, I'm, I'm coaching somebody who's going to do their first tournament i say like have a game plan in your head and play out the scenario play out the first 30 seconds of the match over and over and over again and then when you get to train when you get to to uh the gym do that 30 seconds find a partner and do it over and over and over again because It really comes down to a matter of confidence in those first few minutes of the match for most people right nobody wants to stand up they're both sitting there going like can this shit get to the ground faster like i know what i'm doing down there i don't know what i'm doing up here and like you know but you know somebody listening to this and be like oh bro like don't pull guard you gotta be a wrestler like all this stuff and it's like hey man most people like this is this is an old man sport the biggest tournament in the biggest tournament in jujitsu other than adcc but actually the biggest by competitor is masters worlds yeah this is an old man sport an old man and old woman sport and and we don't have wrestling practice you know we don't have the knees the back the elbows for years and years of shots that are going to build that muscle memory to make us actually be able to do it so if you can do it that's good and if you have the confidence to do it and if you drill it over and over and over again and that's your game plan then that's your game plan but if not like you know, do a jujitsu that you know how to do yeah. anyways. So yeah, like, I think that that mental part of like playing out the first 30 seconds of a match, if you're competing, Oh, it's so important. That's, that's how I got to where, yeah, it's how I was
1: able to win. Like I visualizations, said. man, people, yeah. people, it's underrated skill in jujitsu. Think about what yeah. you want to do and how it's going to play out and where you're going to go. It's, it's funny. You mentioned in there the, um, everyone wants to get to the ground in my second match of my competition uh we ended up on the ground he's he like swept me he didn't get the points because we fell off the mat and uh when when we got centered back up the ref stood us up and i looked at him and i was like bro i thought we were going back to the ground he's like me too (laughs) i was like shit man this sucks so but, but, but uh when you mentioned cycling What what are some lessons that you've taken from cycling and brought them over to jujitsu, whether it's competitively or or not? What are some lessons that have like kind of transferred over?
0: Uh, so a few things uh, like being able to endure just a lot of discomfort is like that. Cycling is is just enduring discomfort, Um, and doing it at, at every everybody hurts. Everybody on a bike hurts, and in a race, and so it's just not making your performance contingent upon how bad you hurt and like that's just like a mentality mindset thing i was uh there's a guy hector beltran who uh runs a gym out here um i I was on a podcast with him not long ago and hector is a really he's a he's a super competitive black belt um he's he's winning ibjjf tournaments masters one masters two i think and he's winning bike races he's a mountain biker and a, a road cyclist and he's he got into cycling like after he's been in jiu-jitsu it's kind of a maybe a newer passion for him and he's like bro jiu is easy jiu-jitsu you can tap at any time you could just tap and be done you can give it's up over. The you ultimate can quit. escape. it's done <laughs> cycling bro you have to ride all the way home i'm like yeah it fucking sucks you know like he's like he's like you're you're out there you're suffering everybody's suffering you yeah. want to quit you can't like, there's nowhere to hide. And like, I, you know, I, I Hector said that I didn't say that. Um, (laughs) but so there's that, right. There's like a mindset piece. Um, also like one interesting thing about, you know, cycling is that everybody has fitness, um, and fitness is really fickle. So, uh, I remember when I got my first stripe on my white belt, and the sense of pride that I had because it rep- what it represented. It represented that I had acquired a level of knowledge that that no one could take away. Mm. In cycling, you spend a whole year, you spend months building your base fitness, your zone two, zone three fitness. And then you spend months building your zone four to zone five fitness. And then you spend like a few weeks doing your very top of the pyramid. And so you just done like four months of training to build fitness that you're going to use for a th- two three month season. And it's going to be gone. And you're gonna to have to start all over again the next year. And eventually, it just doesn't matter. You're just going to be an old guy who doesn't have the time to do all that stuff on the bike, Jiu Jitsu, Nobody can take that stripe away from you. You spent six months getting that stripe, that stripe means something. It means a, a certain amount of knowledge that you have. And every every every, you know, I think now more so than ever, like a black belt, represents a degree of knowledge and depth of understanding in the sport more so than it maybe represents a lethality or a, uh, oof, like a, a level of danger that it used to. Right. And that's fine. Black belts are older. Uh, some black belts and there are degrees of black belts. Right. Um, but I think more than anything, it represents a, a level of knowledge that nobody can take away from you. So that was one thing is it like cycling is spickle, man, you wreck, you, get sick that's your season it's gone Mm. you have to build all that fitness over and over again jiu-jitsu you get sick you get injured that knowledge doesn't go anywhere
1: today we're here with a sponsor for your bundle bouncing of joy No, we're not talking about a baby. We're talking about your baby makers. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. But just like your babies, your delicate little guys have sensitive skin and deserve products that are not only skin safe, but made with safe ingredients. That's where Manscaped's Platinum Package comes in. From razors to shower care, this package goes above and beyond the gold standard for your body hair. So treat your beautiful boys... <laughs> to the world's finest toys at manscaped.com using code ETP20 for 20% off plus free shipping. Inside the platinum package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Ultimate Premium Body Wash, Ultimate Premium 2 in 1 shampoo and conditioner ultimate premium deodorant crop preserver anti-chafing ball deodorant crop reviver spray toner anti-chafing boxer and the shed travel bag to hold all your goods while you're traveling like i mentioned before the shampoo conditioner the body wash and the deodorant are my three favorite things i have ever received from manscape and the deodorant smells great it's aluminum free clear and it works phenomenally. My wife even mentioned, she's like, man, you don't smell for someone that is using aluminum-free deodorant. It's like, yeah, thanks, babe. That's because of Manscaped. Thank you, Manscaped, for that. <laughs> the Platinum Package 4.0 covers all bases from head to toe and hair to ball fro. Get 20% off and free shipping with code ETP20 at checkout. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using code ETP20 at checkout because the gold standard is no longer good enough. Thank you, Manscaped. Yeah, and that that first stripe, man, it's such a powerful feeling. You know what I mean? And I don't I don't know what it is about it. It's probably just like the like you mentioned the sense of accomplishment, the 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 knowing of like, dude, I've for this one piece of athletic tape, I've got my ass kicked for 6 months straight. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. here I am and like it's like a validation. I always tell people um ranks don't really matter. Promotions don't necessarily matter because it doesn't stop you from learning jujitsu. It doesn't stop you from growing as a practitioner, but it is a a phenomenal way of your professor saying to say, thank you. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a, it's a great feeling to me. It's, it's, they're showing their appreciation for the work that I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a powerful thank you. You're like, dude, Hey, you've been crushing it lately here's here's another thank you to you or here goes the next belt color or something like that that's what I see it as and it's it if I don't get promoted and someone else does maybe it's just because I'm not putting in as much work as they think I should be you know what I mean like it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like as like well am I letting them down like what am I what am I doing wrong how can I improve to get to to move to the next level totally
0: I mean stripes didn't exist till there was a business model
1: yeah true. so you know and
0: and neither did belts really right so um, there is a certain uh, mental gymnastics and psychology to how and when you promote people and why you promote people. And a lot of it is reflective of knowledge and power and skill and what you're able to do on the mats. But much of it is is your professor having a, a real human relationship with you and being able to determine, hey, this guy needs a little kick in the ass or this guy needs to, deserves to be recognized for what he's been doing here.
1: Yeah. And it's great. I love it. I mean, I've, I never thought like I used to wrap that athletic tape around my thumbs when I would clean and jerk to like making my hook grip not hurt as bad. Now it's, it's so much more to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but hey, so when it comes to like your writing, you know, we we mentioned at the beginning of the conversation that you tell stories on the Internet and it's probably your biggest one is the week this week in fatherhood. And it really I mean, as you know, we're close in age, similar backgrounds and stuff like that it like resonates so much and probably resonates to a lot of people at home. What made you want to start doing this like recap of, you know, the ups and downs of being a parent?
0: You know, it's funny. I actually haven't talked about this at all before. So for the first person asking about this, um, I was reluctant to do it. Um, I, it was like, I, I tell stories, right? And so I it was a day that I didn't have like a story to tell. And I was like, well, like let's just talk about my week. I, I'm I am a big fan of saying, like, hey, I'm a guy who tells stories on the internet one day a week. One of those stories is about being the father of two small kids, right? I am not a dad influencer. I'm not like a a guy who's trying to use my status mm-hmm. as as a father to build a content platform. And so that I have a reluctancy to leaning in on that too much. But as it has been the thing that I've done that has impacted people the most, and I have to respect that. Um, so yeah, it was like, again, the idea came to me is I, I had this, this day where I was like, Oh, I don't really have a story to tell, but I'm thinking about this last week I had. And so let me just do a quick week recap of my week. Um, and it just it really resonated with people. And so, so many people were like, just begging me to do it again the next week. And so I did it the next week and, uh, and I, that, that just went crazy. And then I did it the next week and like that went crazy. And I was like, well, and, and like by crazy, I mean, there are certain things like stats, like, oh, like views and virality and all of that shit. Right. But there's the other side, which is like the DMS and the mm. emails and the comments that are like, holy shit, like I have a responsibility now. Like you you have a, 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 like that's the thing people don't really talk about when you get a platform is like, you're, you're a normal ass dude. Like I'm a normal guy. And suddenly there are 150,000 people who saw something I made and said, I want to see something else that guy made, right? Like that's what yeah. a follower is really. And, and you're like, oh shit, maybe I should make something else. You know, like, yeah, OK. Uh, and then there's the level of like when you're talking about the things that I talk about, which uh, are a little bit more emotional, maybe a little bit more triggering. There's a certain respect and uh, reverence you have for that. And so when somebody, you know, I, I, I don't have time or the bandwidth to reach out to everybody who reaches out to me. Um, and so my way of responding is just saying like, hey, I'm going to show up next week and do it again. You know? And that's my way of showing you that you were heard. And there, you know, like this, it's it's interesting. We're talking about this today because like this week, the one that I just put out was the hardest one I've ever had to put out, just because I I was going through a lot that week, just as a parent and emotionally. And it was like the first time I've ever felt like I don't want to do this right now because there was a certain part of it that just didn't feel appropriate or uh, it, worthwhile to share with people. Um, and of course, when you share something like that, you realize, oh, this is the thing that you really need to share with people.
1: Yeah. One thing that you, you mentioned in one of your, this week's in fatherhood, and you kind of alluded to it too, is like the emotional side of you as a parent, you as a person, and then teaching your children to be okay with that as well. As us growing up, I'm sure it was probably with you too. Like my, my dad never really talked to me about uh emotions or how to handle certain things in my life and so now as a father i've realized and being like an emo kid hardcore kid right like a little bit more emotional growing up uh but now that i've realized like there's this whole stigma behind like gentle parenting and i kind of hate the word of like gentle parenting because i'm not a gentle parent i think i'm a more conscious parent you know what i mean i've I've learned that my through my background, also being raised and whatnot. And I'm not knocking my dad. My dad was a phenomenal person. My parents were great, right? But you can learn from other people and from you know. Now we have new data and stuff. Uh, I don't necessarily believe in like gentle parenting. I believe in giving my son a a way to express himself and to be okay with crying or being okay with these tough emotions that we go through and not and not belittling him for being upset because i took the tablet away or not being upset because i said he couldn't have um a popsicle or something like that like those are real feelings and i shouldn't as a parent i shouldn't be looking down on him because that kind of led to where i was at his age or as a teenager of not wanting to open up about certain things and you know having struggles still as an adult um, when it comes to my emotions and, you know, being open with people. So as, as a parent, do you, how how do you, how do you handle that as well? Um, and I mean, you're very open about it too, but like, what are, what are the, some ways that you kind of approach, you know, being okay with being emotional and then passing it on to your son to it's, it's okay. You know, it's not, it's not, you shouldn't be ashamed of your emotions.
0: Yeah. I mean, so in some ways I'm you're, it's a lot harder for you than it is for me, right? You have a 14 year old who is dealing, who's like, I mean, they're basically a human, you know, they're yeah. basically a fully formed person. Um, And the, just the levels of communication are so different. I have like a three and a half year old who's, you know, basically like, uh, you know, a, a hand grenade, like a walking human hand grenade, right? <laughs> so so like, so And, and so like, when I'm saying like, Hey, like, let's talk about our emotions. I'm saying like, you know, hey, man, like, you can't punch your brother in the face. Like, that's weird. He's an infant. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's I'm like right there with you, bro. <laughs> you know, like, so, and so it's a little bit like, um, but I am trying to set a model with my behavior. And I'm trying to set a model with my approach. You know, we have, it's not like, here's the deal. We, we want what's best for our kids. We want our kids to be better than who we were, who we are, right? That's the goal. And um in our generation, there is uh, an epidemic of suicide, and men are have have just a, just a dramatically higher suicide rate than women, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> and if you can, if you if you're if you're like, hey, son, um, I know that you as a boy are uh, and, and you know, I guess dad dad um, of women as well. Of girls rather as well but you're like hey i know that like you're like 30 percent more likely to get your hand cut off by a saw you know you'd be like oh man we need to work on how to how to handle a saw you know we need to work on how, how to you know appropriately put on and take off that safety and when to keep it plugged in and when to be mindful of those things right you yeah. just you just would and um if you just look at the raw data around like men's mental health and just like the people you know as a grown-ass adult like that struggle in the real world like the people that you know who have uh just problems with addiction as a result of the fact that like that's the only lever that they have to pull because they don't have the um, capacity to deal with the emotions that they have you know like all of those pieces you put together and you're like ah man well we can nip this in the bud now you know I could teach my son how to use a saw now. Yeah. Um, and so it's like the same similar concept. Yeah. No, and it's, it's just fucking, it's just fucking easier, dude. Like, it, like you feel better about yourself and like to have that, uh, have that level of relationship, right? Like, dude, don't get me wrong. Like we blow up. Like we, we struggle. We have hard oh, times as well. And like you, re- you recognize that like one, if you blow up or if you have, uh, an emotionally intelligent conversation around some of this stuff the results usually the same like the the mess in the kitchen gets cleaned up either way it's just one version of it it's a lot more shitty for everybody involved you know so i don't know
1: yeah that's yeah. one thing that when it comes to my my oldest son um is I was like watching, you know, cause I was, we were teenage boys. Right. And so I was like, man, how the hell did my parents do it? How do I connect with this guy to show him like, you know, these things should be important to him. You know, he should take these things more seriously. And you know, I did some research, read some books and a lot of times they're like, look at, you know, as a teenager, they're, they're pretty much their own person. So they're not going to listen to you as much as you want them to. They're not going to, they don't want to hear your advice. They don't want to hear what you should be doing. Like they're gonna make the decision whether they want to or not. And then and so re- so recently I kind of was just like, all right, well I'm just gonna tell him like, hey, this is what's gonna happen. If you do this, it's your choice. Just know, you know, like they're it's good and bad. You know what I mean? Like I try to just give him like the 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 rope to, you know, to do it himself. And then um whatever happens, happens. And I'm like, look, I'm here. I told you, you know, like this is this is what happened. But we can learn from this and kind of taking it more of that, that approach. Um, instead of, you know, always being like, I, I'm, I was in the Navy. And so that militant side comes out sometimes and I'm like, I am yeah. like I got to stop doing that. And one thing that's really helped out too is jujitsu. We do jujitsu together. He hasn't played it or hasn't done jujitsu in a couple months because he's been playing football, but jujitsu kind of gives both of us that connection. And then also gives us time when we can be on the mats and kind of take out you know whatever frustrations we're having with each other or um emotions that you know are kind of unanswered and have a, a a real real connection not that we beat each other up but you know what i mean like there's this whole yeah. side to a jujitsu jitsu where it's kind of like it's uh it's therapeutic you know what i mean like yep. it, it's Cathartic. it's humbling yeah you know what i mean yeah. and and it, it, it's great i love it i mean it's definitely helped i'm trying to get my wife into it you know she's downstairs yeah, right mean, now <laughs> babe yeah get, come come do jujitsu. <laughs> So are you, do you plan on getting your kids in, into jujitsu? So my, my, my little guy, my three and a half year old,
0: uh, we do a little bit. Um, we probably are in the garage at least once a day, just doing, doing stuff that's like jujitsu esque, you know, I don't put a ton of pressure on him. I don't want him to think that the only way he can like emotionally connect with me is through the hobby that I enjoy. Yeah. But, um, I, I, I would, if he's into it, you know, I think as parents and as particularly as like jujitsu practitioners, you're like, hey, dude, like there's just a certain competence you need to have around your own body that like so that you feel comfortable in any situation, right? That jujitsu kind of provides you around self-defense. So there's certain stuff where it's like, hey man, like I want you to know what happens and how to deal with somebody who's punching you, chasing you, all that kind of shit. That's just like basic self-defense stuff. Um and outside of that, like, I, I don't have any
1: expectations
0: around like what he or they both my kids want to do. And I don't want to put them in a position where they feel like they have to do it to to get along with me.
1: Yeah, you know, you're like, this is my hobby. If you don't want to do it, that's perfect. I'm still going to go do it, bro. If you want to join me, come yeah. on down.
0: <laughs> I mean, right now, honestly, like right now, my kid is just like chomping at the bit to come. Uh, he really is excited about it. And so I'm trying to respect that while not like, you know, uh, abuse
1: the privilege. So how do you, how do you, um, we be, we be going for a little bit now? I, don't, I want to be respectful of time. But I just got a couple more questions for you. Um, sure. How do you handle like not overthinking your your writing, your parenting, your content creation, and being okay with your like pressing to publish or or pressing the post or you know what I mean? Like how and yeah. how how do you handle all that? Yeah.
0: So some things with with content, it's largely deadline driven, right? So I've given myself a deadline and it is as good as it is at the time that I need to put it out and you just put it out, just ship it. Right. I don't know if you've ever, uh, you're about my age. So I was really into vlogging around like Casey Neistat. Right. And like Casey was like that, like he just had a daily deadline and as good as it gets at the deadline, that's what you, that's the, that's, that's your God and you you obey that and the instant you hit publish you start working on the next thing and you don't sit there and think about like oh man i could have done that 70 percent, but just apply that to whatever the next thing is so deadlines are really important um also like just like jujitsu you you're you're the way you get better at anything is to keep doing it over and over again and and learning little pieces about it right and understanding why it didn't work or whatever and So you have to get the reps in. Um, And so with all that stuff, it's just, it's just reps. Uh, If I put something up today and nobody likes it, that's okay. I'm putting something up tomorrow. It's almost relieves the pressure um, to help you think about it less for sure. Um, Yeah, I would say deadlines, man. (laughs)
1: Yeah, those (laughs) are (laughs) great.
0: Yeah. And like with your kids too, like they're gonna, they're like this, like I said, like my kid is a hand grenade and so he's going to... Force me into whatever decision i need to make with him way before i would be comfortable making it uh and you just have to trust that whatever that decision is you're able to deal with the repercussions of what comes out of it as a person and and most people are
1: yeah as as a as a as a parent you know it's kind of like what you're like you can't you can't back down from what you said you know what i mean like because then it shows like um you're like not weakness but uncertainty you know you want to be that that rock yeah. like when i tell my son like hey we're leaving or we're doing this at this time or uh you need to do this it's like it it doesn't help either one of us if I I back down from it and I'm like, ah, oh, never mind it. I don't want to I don't want to build that that second guessing in either one of our minds. It's like on the mats yeah. too. You feel, you're like, I'm going to go for this sweep and then you go for there and you feel like a little bit of resistance and you're like, should I should I keep pushing? It's like, no, dude, you commit. Like you're already there, just just finish it. If it doesn't work, then just go back to the next thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, but so we like to I like to end every episode with the same question. If you could give one piece of advice to a brand new white belt, just starting jujitsu, what would it be? So this is, this is so lame. (laughs) Uh, but, um,
0: give yourself six months, three days a week. Like that's it. So it's so simple, but it's like, uh, the beauty and the curse of jujitsu is that progress takes so long that you are unable to see it happening. You're unable to experience it week to week, day to day, class to class. And so it requires that you can commit to yourself in a way that's like you've probably never committed to yourself before. Um, And and like, I don't think I I, I think if you try to tell anybody, hey, I need you to do. You've never done this before. I need you to do it three times a week for six months and tell me you're going to do it now. They'd be like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) right? Like yeah. What? No, but like, that's, that is the, in my opinion, that is the appropriate amount of time and commitment that you need to give to understand if you're actually going to like it or not. Yeah. And the other thing that I say, so that's your responsibility. That's it. All the other stuff, that's the responsibility of your academy. So understanding the technique Uh, understanding what you should be thinking about at what time or what your progress looks like or who you should be sparring with. You don't have to worry about any of that. All you have to worry about is showing up three times a week for six months. And if you go to a good academy, they should be handling all of those other decisions. Your only job is to show up on the mat and at the end of those six months, like you should be at a place because they did all of the other stuff. Like that's, that's my opinion. So that's like super boring, (laughs) but that's, that's what I, I think, you know, is, is my best, my best advice. You know, don't, yeah, the obvious shit, you know, like don't think you have to know everything because you don't, you're not, you're never going to know everything. Like I, I would say, you know, slow down all that stuff, but yeah.
1: No, like we, like we mentioned earlier, like jujitsu is not super complicated. You don't have to make it super complicated. (laughs) You show up and you get better, you don't, you know, it's like, (laughs) and that first six months is definitely something is a, is a huge milestone for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. And I think just like historically, right. There's been like a mystique around like what I call, there's some kind of magic. Like there's some kind of thing that happens and it's like, nah, this guy's been coming longer than you have. That's it. You know, like the, the line, you know, that I think about is like, I remember when I saw like my first belt promotion, right? And I watched the first guy get his black belt that I've ever seen get a black belt. And I thought to myself, wow. So in 10 years, that guy standing up front, still going to be handing out black belts. And that guy who has a black belt is going to be standing behind him. And someone's going to have to stand in front of him and get a black belt tied on him. That could be me. If I keep coming here and that's it that like literally that's it. You know, Chris, Chris, uh, uh, oh God, what's his name? Uh, he says it. He's like, you know, um, you could be anything in 10 years. Why not be a black belt? Mm. You know?
1: Yeah, so, absolutely. Anyways. Hey, well, if people want to follow you and check out your stuff, your so stack and all that stuff, where, where can people follow you if they want to see your content? Everything is Blake of today. Blake
0: of today. Like youth of today, Blake of today. At Blake of today, you can find me everywhere.
1: Perfect. Well, Blake, I just want to say thank you so much, man, for coming on the show today. Thank you for your time. (laughs) This was a phenomenal conversation. I had a blast with you. And I definitely think there's going to be a large group of the audience that gain a lot of knowledge and insight into their day-to-day lives with this conversation, man. So I just want to thank you so much for, for coming on the show today. Ah, Travis, thank you for the opportunity, and I'm sorry I'm so (laughs) long-winded. Hey, it's easier for it makes it easier for me when you when you talk more. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, and again, I really appreciate if you've made it to whatever an hour and nine minutes into this podcast. (laughs) i salute you god bless
1: you made it to the thank deep you. end let us know let us know if you've made it this far so hey but thank you guys so much for listening and watching at home remember go follow blake everywhere go check out his content i promise you it won't disappoint and uh remember no oil checks here peace